We know that after Mary was pregnant, she went to meet Elizabeth, her kinsman. And reading from the first chapter of Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. A reading from Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. The angel said to the shepherds, To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Not a teacher, although he was a teacher. Not a preacher, although he was a preacher. Not a healer, although he was a healer. And not a prophet, although he was a prophet. A Savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Remember when the, when the uh, angel in the book of Matthew appeared to Joseph, he appeared to Joseph, he said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son and he will save his people from their sins. He is a savior. But right now, he's simply a savior in swaddling clothes. Have you noticed that Walmart doesn't have a swaddling clothes section? I don't think Amazon carries them either. To swaddle, that's really an English word. To swaddle means to just, to, to wrap something up. The usual translation is wrapped in bands of cloth. No baby outfits 2,000 years ago. They took the baby Jesus and wrapped them in these bands of cloth to keep him warm, to keep him safe. He's a savior in swaddling clothes. But who needs a savior? 
If nobody needs him, his coming is irrelevant. We get lots of robocalls trying to sell us stuff. Anybody else besides us get those? Do you love them? See, do you ever answer them? I never do. I never do. They're trying to sell me stuff I don't need. And if you don't need it, you're not going to take it. If I had a guy came to my door and said he'd like to clean my chimney, he may be the best chimney sweep in the world, but I don't have a chimney that needs cleaning, I'll send him away. But if a guy came to my door who offered to sharpen my knives, because all the knives in my house are dull, I'd welcome it. See, if nobody needs a Savior, nobody needs Jesus. For the Savior to be relevant to you, you have to need him. In 1980, Dan Devine retired as the football coach of Notre Dame after 15 successful years. And the wise men at Notre Dame needed to have someone to succeed Dan Devine. And they uh, picked a guy named Jerry Faust. Is that right? I think that's right. Jerry Faust had been a very successful high school coach. He never coached college, but he was so successful in high school that the wise men at Notre Dame thought he was just the guy for Notre Dame football. But after four very disastrous years, the wise men at Notre Dame decided that Notre Dame football needed a savior. And they were looking for a savior. They didn't head east or west. They finally wound up looking to the north. And they journeyed to Minnesota, where they found the savior for Notre Dame football. And his name was Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was the savior that Notre Dame football was looking for. And they were not ashamed to say, we need somebody to save us, to save our football program. And they found him in Lou Holtz. You don't need a savior. If you don't need a savior, you're not going to pay attention. But I, I think... I think deep down, everybody has a sense that they need a savior from something. If you're honest and quiet about it, I think most people, whether you're church people or not, have a sense that you need to be saved. Saved from something. Who will save me from my anger? Who will save me from my temper? Who will save me from pornography? Who will save me from jealousy? Who will save me from fear? Who will save me from alcohol? Who will save me from myself? Who will save me from hell. Deep down, I think everybody knows they need a savior, but are not willing to admit it. 
And oftentimes it happens that when people are ready to admit it, they won't admit that Jesus is the one. And yet he is the one that God has sent to save us from ourselves. I can tell you that 20 years ago, Jesus Christ saved me from anger. For most of my life, I was an angry person. I wasn't angry at anything. I was looking for something to be angry at. Can you understand that? Just looking for something to make me mad. Most people didn't know it, but I knew it. It made my life miserable. And then one day, 20 years ago, the Lord showed me that I was an angry person. And he saved me from the anger. And my last 20 years have been wonderful to be free from anger. Unto you is born this day a Savior who will save you from all kinds of things, including saving you from hell. I guess part of the problem is he doesn't look like a Savior. A baby in a, a, baby in a barn? Give me a break. Maybe it would have been better if Jesus had been born in a palace because, you know, we're impressed by, by rich stuff, by glamorous stuff, by important stuff. What if he'd been born in a palace? You think people would have paid any more attention to him? What if, what if he hadn't died like a criminal? What if he had died the way Caesar died? When Caesar died, the members of the Roman Senate came, they gathered around him, and they all stabbed him, including his good friend Brutus. And it is said that as Brutus drove the knife into Caesar, Caesar said in Latin, et tu, Brute? You too? Are you doing this to me? You too? You can imagine. Jewish leaders, people who didn't like Jesus, gathered around him with knives. And Judas himself has a knife. He plunges it into Jesus. And Jesus says, et tu, Jude. Maybe it would have been better if Jesus had been born better and died a more noble death. Because we're impressed by that kind of stuff. To die like a criminal is not very attractive. Maybe important stuff is more attractive to us than the pedestrian way that Jesus was born and died. I love the story about the man who uh, once who ran a, a, a Western wear stuff. He, he had a store out west somewhere that he sold stuff to ranchers and cattlemen. He carried all the kinds of stuff that that horsemen needed, that cattlemen needed. And amongst his inventory were horse blankets. He had four colors of horse blankets. He had red ones, he had green ones, he had blue ones, and he had brown ones. And whatever color you picked, they were $20. $20 for a horse blanket. But one day, a, a rich rancher drove up uh, in his, uh, in his uh, big pickup, 
pulling a really a fancy horse trailer, and they had a very expensive horse in the trailer. And he said to the, he came into the store and he said to this guy, I want to buy a horse blanket for my horse, and price is no object. So the guy called out to Tex. Tex was working in the back room. He said, Tex, bring out the $25. Notice, $25. Price is no object. Bring out the $25 red horse blanket. So Tex brought it out, and the guy looked at it and said, boy, this is a, this is a cheap piece of junk. I'm not going to put that on my horse. You got anything else? Well, yes, I do. He said, Tex, bring out the $50 green horse blanket. So Tex brought out this horse blanket, and the guy said, well, that's a little better, but the stitching is really terrible. I don't like it. You got anything else? Yeah, I do. He said, Tex, bring out the $100 blue horse blanket. So Tex brought the horse blanket out, and the guy said, well, you know, this, is, this is really better, but it's not good enough for my horse. I got one more, the guy said, Tex, bring out the $500 brown horse blanket. So Tex brought out the $500 brown horse blanket, and the guy said, that's exactly what I need. Thank you. You see, if Jesus had born, been born in a palace and died a more noble death, maybe he would have been more attractive to people. They wouldn't mind going to a person like that and calling him a savior. But born in a barn, crucified like a criminal. But God said, that's the way it's going to be. Take it or leave it. A barn and a cross. Now, He's just a savior in swaddling clothes, a deliverer in diapers, the prince of peace in pampers. But one day, one day he will grow up and he will die on that cross and become the savior of us all. Today, in this Christmas season, we celebrate the beginning. And we celebrate the beginning because we know where it's going. We know what he can do. Many of us can testify to how he has saved us from something or other. A savior in swaddling clothes, crucified and risen, and we call him Lord and master, and friend. And we're so thankful for him. So today we celebrate his birth. We go home rejoicing that we have a Savior. And if you have something from which you need to be delivered, he can and will do it. Give him, give him your heart. Give him a chance. We all need him. Merry Christmas.